Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast produced by Story 94 at their podcast studio here in Oxford. I'm Rosie and I'll be guiding you through inspiring indie stories from businesses across Oxfordshire to help you find out more about the shops, cafes, studios and spaces that make up our local communities. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Oxford podcast. Today I am joined by Katie from Everybody Studio. Hi Katie. Hi Rosie. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. Um, thanks for coming in today and talking about Everybody Studio and all the amazing work that you that you do there. Um, but before we jump into finding more about the business, um, just tell us a bit about yourself and your background and how you kind of arrived at, at starting up the studio. I'll try and make this not too long a story. Um, so my Work background is in publishing, trade publishing, so, you know, novels and that sort of thing, the books that people actually read, not the academic stuff. Um, So I worked in agenting and as an editor for about 10 years, lived in London. And then I suppose my life changed and I started practicing yoga a bit more. Um, and I'd always practiced, but my mum was an Alexander teacher, which is a kind of movement-based therapy as well. And then I think I, I had a really stressful time. Um, my sister died suddenly and I started practicing more and I grew increasingly frustrated with my job. I ended up going freelance, um, but knew that I didn't want to do that because... If you're freelance in publishing, you end up proofreading, which is, A, I'm not very good at it, (laughs) Um, but it's also, it's quite boring and you generally work on books that maybe you're not that interested in. So I started teaching um, and then ended up moving back to Oxford, where I'm from originally, and I didn't find anywhere that I wanted to practice at. I'd always had it in the back of my mind that I didn't want to be just a yoga teacher. And I I don't mean that in a kind of derogatory way, but in the way that I knew that I could only teach three or four classes a week. So that wasn't going to make me enough money to live on. So I decided I'd look into setting up my own business. And... Yeah, and then our first studio kind of came out of that, um, our little space on St. Clements. Amazing. So how did you um, how did you kind of build up your community? Because you've got an amazing kind of um, network of teachers that you work with um, who all bring slightly different things because it's not just, not just yoga, is it? No. So we, um, I think the thing that I'm passionate about is, is people moving their bodies however that is. You know, I am a yoga teacher and I love yoga for lots of reasons, but it's definitely not the only thing that I practice or the only thing that is helpful or useful. Um, When I first moved back, I practiced and taught at at Prana Yoga, which was very small back then, so um, became friends with Simone and um, met a lot of teachers through working there. And then I think it just kind of naturally evolved. Um, I think credit to the teachers who are all wonderful people. And um, we just seem to attract the people who whose needs maybe won't be being fulfilled by elsewhere. And 
I don't know, it just sort of evolved over time, I think. I think what's really nice about about Everybody Studio is the fact that it is for everybody and that, that is, that's the, the kind of brand and the messaging that you put out is that it's, it's not this kind of, oh, you have to be super bendy and yeah. this amazing kind of yogi before you, before you come along to a uh, class. Yeah, I think that was the most important thing to me. And I, and I guess that's clear through the branding that that's our kind of key thing is, um, you know, I found that really intimidating. Um, even doing my teacher training, I was with a lot of like very thin, bendy women. Um, and I felt like I shouldn't really be there. And then... I wanted to make a studio where, you know, anyone could walk in and, and feel like, okay, maybe I can't do the entire class, but I there's stuff here for me to learn to take away. The teacher's going to modify, give me options. And um, I think that's true of all of our, our bar classes and Pilates classes as well, that um, we try and be as inclusive as we can be. Um, and I hope, yeah, I hope that, um, comes across I think it does yeah definitely definitely I think and I think that's you know it, it just feels very inclusive and that it appeals to a broad church yeah um, in a way that I, that you don't necessarily get from from other other studios yeah I think there's there's places to go and do your you know really hardcore practices and that's fine that suits some people and there's places to go and um you know yeah, do vinyasa after vinyasa. And, and that's also fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, I think I just wanted something a bit different for, for myself and anyone else who wanted to move their body but didn't necessarily want to be doing handstands or, or you know, really repetitive things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As somebody who needs yoga for kind of just not having a bad back or whatever uh being able to have a space where you can go and you don't feel like oh no I'm gonna have to do a handstand at the end of this class is right. actually really nice yeah <laughs> I mean the number of yoga teachers that can actually do handstands I don't I don't know that there's that many I can't but I think that's really important and uh, you know it is a really lovely space so um so you started up in St Clement's and that was the the original everybody studio yeah and then uh, last year you moved to Magdalen Road. So tell us about the the new space, the new Everybody Studio. Um, I guess I kind of think of it as Everybody Studio two point right? It's it has the same things that I loved about the old studio, and and it was great for a lot of reasons. But um, ten people in a class is a challenge, especially in a pandemic. Um, and the new space we have. Um, you know, an office in a sofa and you can have a cup of tea and you can hang out. Um, and it also means that we can do loads of other things there. We've got a drawing club and we've had mindfulness classes and workshops. So it's just um, more of a community space, which is what I was really excited about seeing the space and so many windows and so much light it's it's a really beautiful space yeah yeah so describe it a bit so if you're coming in off the street yeah so we're see? upstairs so a little bit of an accessibility issue there but um we can't be perfect um we do have people who come for chair classes and they just take their time coming upstairs um but you come in there's obviously a little toilet bathroom area and then there is a big reception area um with 
sofa, little kitchen. Um, I have a coaching office there. And then there is another office that is going to be a hairdresser, um, which is new. Um, but I think will be a really nice addition to the space. And then the studio is kind of through some doors and filled with plants and light. And that, yeah, and I think that that aesthetic is is so much part of like the brand and the space yeah. and that kind of feeling comfortable and cozy and you know it, it it feels it feels kind of bright and airy there's some really nice kind of um skylights as well mm. as all the windows yeah and it creates this really lovely soft light in there which i think is, is really important when yeah. you're kind of you know you're needing that that space in your week to to get a bit, a bit of headspace mm. and, and practice and yeah, I was in at night um, on the weekend, which I don't often get the chance to do. And we've got kind of wicker lights. There's really beautiful, soft lighting. And um, it's just a really nice space to be in. And I, I wanted it to feel a bit like you're going around your mate's house for a yoga class. But obviously, you know, maybe a bit tidier than your mate's house. But um, but have that feeling of you're, you're going somewhere that's friendly and warm and welcoming. And you just um, hopefully feel kind of at home. And you're never going to be in in a kind of sardine situation in there. No, no. <laughs> there's never going to be like mat to mat. It's, never, ever. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. I mean, I don't like practicing like that. I don't want to be kicking someone in the face or... Yeah, not so, being able to like stretch your arms out. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just, you know, I, it's hard to make money in, in yoga studios, but I mean, I, I don't want I don't want to do that. So tell me about um, Helm and how that's kind of grown out of... The, the kind of community side of what you wanted from everybody's studio? Mm. Um, so Helm has come out of my, I guess, my interest in, in psychology and community. And so I started business in the middle of the pandemic, <laughs> which is the coaching business. And I've been studying throughout that it's a holistic approach to coaching. So we're working with body and mind to help you discover what you need. I think it's it's working with um, questions and maybe challenging things about yourself to kind of get you to work out where you want to be going or what you want to change about your life. And I suppose, you know, having been through that kind of significant change in your life mm. as well, that there's that kind of born out of personal experience as well, kind of having having a space where, you know, if, if you'd had that um, kind of safe space to kind of maybe be presented with some of those questions, do you think it, it would have helped you kind of galvanise, yes, this is definitely what I want to do at, at an earlier point? I think, yeah, I think it would have helped me. And I think um, particularly in terms of confidence, I mean, that's something that, you know, I might come across differently, but that's something I've always struggled with. And I think having somebody to help me kind of navigate these these things for myself and just have a sounding board, which is essentially what you are as, as a coach, you're kind of bouncing ideas off, off me, um, would have been really helpful. Um, and I've certainly found during the pandemic, I've done coaching myself and I found it to be completely transformative in, in the way that I approach my life. So 
hairdressers as well. There's lots of, <laughs> there's lots of things going on at everybody's studio. Yeah. I love the fa- I mean, just going back a step, I love the fact that you, you know, it's not just about movement classes, but that you're kind of peppering the workshop lineup with things like drawing. And, you know, there are so many different aspects to to that space. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, so t- tell us about, you know, drawing and other things that, that are, are going on at, at everybody's the studio. Extra bits. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, you've got, you know, other, other businesses that you're supporting as well. Yeah. So um, th- I think something that we've run courses on before at the studio, and we will again, is, is creativity and how important that is. In, in almost every aspect of life and how quite often creativity is reserved for, you know, you do art or you do writing or you do something like almost professionally and you have to be good at it. Whereas drawing club is just like, we're just playing around and um, and having fun. And it's, it's close to mindfulness as well, um, of just being in the moment and... Um, kind of working with prompts and it's really fun we have a glass of wine and you know some crisps and it's just nice um to be in community especially after the last two years of kind of being together being apart being together being apart it's just really nice to be with other people and and that's part of what I want the space to be is it somewhere to come and do creative things and um things that you can learn and um, just join join together with other people. Mm, yeah. So so community's always been a big part of everybody's mm. studio. You know, initially through your network of um, teachers, but I would have thought in- increasingly through your your customers as well, the people that come to. Yeah, we have a studio. lot of people who have um, become friends with each other, become friends with the teachers, and um, that's really that's really beautiful and that's really you know I'm I'm not here to kind of teach people about yoga sutras I I want people to make connections with each other and and, you know it's my it's my opinion that that is what leads to a happy and fulfilled life so that's that's just like makes my heart sing when that happens and I hear about that it's lovely do you think where you are in Oxford kind of plays into that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, the whole reason that I ended up moving us there was because um, I spent most of 2020 at the Missing Bean, outside the Missing Bean, in fact, on Morden Road um, or at Hamblin or, um, you know, as places opened up at, at uh, Taste of Bear, Green Roots, you know, I, I love that road. I love the community around it, the pubs, everything is, is yeah, it's wonderful, uh, independent, authentic businesses. Um, and I think that really fits into my vision of, of the brands. And um, it's also just really nice to be able to go and get like, a curry and a coffee and and engage in that community as well between the independents who've all been so welcoming and supportive. Yeah, I think that's so so important and is, you know, the kind of founding, you know, the keystone of Indie Oxford really mm. is, is to, to have that kind of supportive community and know that you've got businesses or um, amazing people around you that you can go to when you've got, you know, questions or problems or things to celebrate as well yeah. you know it's 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 good to have those people that you know have got your back and um you know are are going to be there for you yeah so I important. was 
I was kind of waiting to hear about like the competitiveness between businesses and stuff. And I just, I mean, either I don't hear about it or there just isn't any. It's really supportive. And that is like such a breath of fresh air. And I think that's what's really wonderful about Oxford's like, independent community is like genuinely wanting the best for everyone else. Mm. So, so do you find kind of outside of uh, Maudlin Road, <laughs> outside the bubble of Maudlin Road? I do Road. go outside Maudlin Road, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you find, do you think that Oxford... As a as a city is a is a good place to to set up a business. Yeah, I mean, I'm here rather than London. I chose to be here rather than London um, for lots of I mean personal reasons as well. But I think um, it's a really interesting city. I mean, everyone knows everyone, which can be both positive and you know not so positive. <laughs> um, but there's a great indie business community. Um, and the people who come to Oxford are generally like interesting um, people. Um, yeah, I, re I really, it took me a while to adjust to being back in a small town, but I, I do really love living here and working here. It's great. Do you get some, some really interesting people come to the studio? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we get scientists and, um, yeah, writers, um, anything you can think of, really. I mean... You know, even in their teaching team, there's there's um, people who've done PhDs, um, who write, uh, I'm trying to think what else, MJ, who runs Body Politic. Um, yeah, like really inspiring people, just even in the people who, who teach, they're all, you know, got these unique perspectives on, on whatever um, modality they teach. So they're bringing quite a lot to the space. It's yeah, lot of amazing influence. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm biased, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so, is community? I and mean, we've talked a lot about community, but do do you think that that's the kind of the best thing about about running an indie business? Um, it's the most important thing for me, I think, and um, I think well being as well. I mean, I'm working with the. Um, Oxford Wellbeing Project, which we've got some very exciting things coming up soon, which I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about, so I won't. Um, but there's really exciting things happening there. And that is like an example of people from different communities within Oxford coming together. We have this really beautiful group who all support each other and um, we are making some really exciting new things for Oxfordshire because well-being, you know, it is, and it's the same with yoga students. I mean, it's it's for rich people, isn't it? And it, the question of how we kind of democratise that is a really important one, particularly in Oxford, which, you know, is very wealthy in parts and, and, and not in other parts. So I don't want to be just running a studio that is just for people who can afford it because that's, not a lot of people, really. Mm, yeah, and I think, you know, inequality is a big, big problem mm, in Oxford. Yeah. Mm. And that, yeah, how how do you address that? And something like the Wellbeing Project, is that, that's definitely a kind of founding principle, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, because wellbeing is important for, for everyone, isn't it? But it's seen as a luxury, but actually, you know, it's it's not. And I think that's the same for people who work in wellbeing, you know, generally not paid brilliantly. Um, so broadening out community from like the people who pay money <laughs> to come to the studio um 
into a, a wider definition is is really important part of my work with with the studio and with Helm as well. Mm. And actually, being based in East Oxford, you're kind of in a good position to kind of yeah. branch out into into you know more hard to reach communities. Yeah, and I think East Oxford. I didn't grow up in East Oxford, but. I love East Oxford. I, I lived in Summertown when I first moved back and I, I didn't enjoy that very much for various reasons. Um, but East Oxford is the most similar place to East London, which is where I lived for, for a long time. Um, and I think it's it's a bit more diverse. Um, it's a bit more interesting. There's a lot better food. <laughs> I mean, there's great food businesses in Summertown as well, but, you know, you get... You can get pretty much anything you want. It's um, it's a great place to live, and uh, and um, yeah, it's a great community. So, in terms of running the business, um, what have you, what have you been surprised about in your kind of indie indie journey, or what things do you wish? Oh God, I wish I'd known that before I'd started this. <laughs> this epic, one like, epic journey, <laughs> one very obvious one. I mean, it would have been really helpful to know about COVID. Um, <laughs> Uh, that that yeah, would have changed yeah. some things, yeah. Um, um, I think I don't know if anything's particularly surprised me. I think um, it would have been. I think the thing that would have been helpful for me personally in running the business would be to like believe a bit more in myself. And, and particularly to go with my gut, I think that's something that I've learned along the way of like, if something feels off, and this, is, this sounds like a cliche, but it's true, or someone feels off, if there's something saying this isn't right, then absolutely to listen to that. And, and I would now always listen to that instinct because it's it's like always right, always right. Mm, yeah, I totally agree with you. Mm. Yeah, and I think yeah, if you're if you're feeling not sure about something or not not, and you're not confident, I think sometimes it's really easy to be swayed by bigger voices or mm. um, people that seem that, that come across like they know what they're doing. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> there's a lot of those around. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and even if it might be the right thing for the business, if it's not the right thing for you, then it won't work for the business either. So it's um, I think that's the most important thing that I've learned particularly in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that that's kind of universal for mm. for small businesses. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so when you're not working on the business, which I know <laughs> for small business owners is, yeah. is probably not a lot of time, um, <laughs> what's what do you love to do? Are you, you know, do you find yourself on on the mat oh yeah i'm meditating all the time yeah, yeah all the time uh no not at all i actually don't <laughs> meditate at all it doesn't work for me <laughs> i go for walks um a lot not necessarily long walks but i walk a lot um i have a three-year-old so a lot of time is taken up with that um and i mean this probably isn't a very like um sophisticated thing to say but I really love TV <laughs> I think Don't it's great <laughs> um yeah TV is is underrated I think and um people can be a bit snobby about it but it's it's yeah one of my favorite things to do is to watch some good TV or even some bad TV yeah yeah, we all need that that time out, don't we? Yeah, exactly. 
Definitely. So so we've spoken quite a bit about the other businesses that are on uh, Maudlin Road. Um what are your what are your kind of like go to indies that you love to support? Um, not I mean, just not just in East Oxford. Yeah, outside of East Oxford. <laughs> um, so I've been in Tame recently, and there is the most amazing toy shop there. I don't I don't remember what it's called, but it has everything from like um, what they call Mister Frosty. Do you remember that? You used no. to be able to make your own oh yes um, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Like, I do remember from ice. Yeah. Uh, from that to like, you know, poor patrol or whatever. So I, I've been like popping in there and, and buying stuff for my son, but it's really stuff that I want to play with. Um, I'm a massive fan of Gatineau. Um, where else do I get? Uh, I mean, I'm in, I'm in Jericho a lot. So I drink a lot of coffee. I mean, I drink a lot of coffee anyway, but um, if I'm not drinking coffee from the missing bean, I'll drink coffee from Branca. So coffee, cake, bookshops. I really like Dawn in Summertown. Um, it reminds me of the one in Mar- Marlebone, which is just incredible. And actually there's a bookshop in Tame as well that's really nice. Um, it's called, I think it's called The Bookshop. I think that's about all the places that I go. I don't really go out <laughs> that much <laughs> at night. So it's mainly coffee that's and cake. That's world. Yeah, I mean, sounds yeah. like Sounds like a good world to be in. I mean, it's not bad, yeah. <laughs> So um, how can people connect with you online? Or um, online? Online. I'm uh, mainly on Instagram, the studios, everybody, studio, everybody underscore studio or Helm Collective. Um, in real life, I'm at the studio most days, most of the day. Um, always happy to have a chat, especially if there's coffee involved. So, yeah. So people can get in touch with you, ask questions. Yeah, pop in, say hi. Yeah, come and see the space if you want to, yeah. And in terms of um, workshops, got lots of exciting things we're, up your sleeve. We're planning some new stuff um, in 2022, some trainings, and there will definitely be some workshops. There'll be more stuff around creativity and some coaching groups, I think, as well. Brilliant. And we'll keep our eyes peeled for updates on the um, the Oxford Wellbeing Project. Yes, wow, that sounds exciting. exciting news to come, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Katie. Um, See you soon. Thanks. You've been listening to the Infinite Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review, and subscribe to help more people hear indie stories from across Oxfordshire. Bye for now.